Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Jay Dorch in the greater Louisville area. Uh, Andy Murray in Northern Kentucky. I think, Andy, are you on here? Andy is not with us. Jay, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Doing all right. Nick Roush is going to join us in and out. He's uh, He's got daddy duties today. And uh, Duke is is fighting a nap. And, Jay, we both been through that. That's, uh, that's a challenge. And, and I tell you, Nick will grow to miss those days, you know. So, no doubt about it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we – so you got to jump day. into it, bro. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. No, I was just uh, I was saying I'm sitting here today on the on the total other end of that. You know, Laurel graduates in December. They won the MAC again. We uh, they won their first NCAA tournament yesterday, Miami Field Hockey, and so we head up to the Big House, go to Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan tonight. We play Michigan tomorrow, so you know it's oh, uh, man. all that uh, kid stuff from a. Uh, you know, raising them and and uh, going to games and stuff. It's coming to an end. It's kind of a it's a bittersweet time. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck, man. I hope I hope Miami Thanks. beats Michigan for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Be yeah. tough. Yeah, but Jay, we got to jump into it, man. That was a that was a tough game Saturday night, uh, especially on on your side of the ball, the defense side of the ball. If you've not listened to this podcast before. 
Jay was a starting outside linebacker and, and Jerry Claiborne's wide tackle six. Uh, it's called a defensive end kind of thing. But Jay, uh, uh, Kentucky's past defense struggled. And, and you know, <clears throat> Tennessee really just did what it wanted to do. Average the first down every time snapped the football. Ten yards mm-hmm. of play. Hendon Hooker, 10 of 15 for 300-plus yards. Uh, 15 yards per pass attempt. Attempt. 21 yards per reception. Four Tennessee receivers averaged over 20 yards a catch. Jay, bad tackling, bad leverage. Just a bad performance by the Kentucky defense. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was so disappointing. Um, you know, when you score 42 points, you got to win that game. Uh, so offense did what they had to do. You know, obviously, I know Levis would love to have that one throw back, but you take that throw away, um, you know, and, and maybe some questionable decisions on going for it at the end of the half uh, on fourth down and then going for it with uh, 13 minutes to go, I think. We were fourth and seven on their 45. And, Defense had kind of started, you know, yelling a little bit and playing better and getting off the field at that point. And, you know, those 10 points, that's a that's a huge 10 points uh, on their side of the ledger that just killed us. But, you know, let, let's be honest, we're, we're banged up on our front seven. You know, I think we're missing four of our top five uh, defensive front seven starters and one of the key backups in Rodgers, you know, with McCall and Oxidine and Rodgers and right out. And you, you hear it, you heard Brad talk about it a lot, but we know this, you know, to be really good on defense, you got to be, got to be really good up the middle. And yeah, a front seven is just decimated, you know, and those guys early on played, played great backup roles, right. For our starters, uh, give them some fresh legs coming in for a few plays and, but they're just not ready at this level to be uh, full-time starters and uh, play at the level that we need to win. And that puts a lot more stress on the back end. Um, Our safeties didn't play particularly well. Corners did okay. Uh, Obviously the tackling was the open field tackling was horrible again, which is concerning, you know, um, that's, that's two games in a row that, we just laid an egg from that standpoint. Um, so super disappointing. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to get past that one. And for us old guys, it was really disappointing because, you know, I would say that the majority of the fan base, if they, if you said we're going to be nine and three at the end of the season, uh, you know, if, if you asked in the beginning, everybody'd be pretty happy with that. But our last two Saturdays, um, our last two games, we're a better team than them. And yeah. to not win those two games, to take that next step is disappointing. But we got to move on. You know, Joe, you, you brought up a good point. Mark Stoops is not happy with his safety and, and nickel defenders. <clears throat> and that was supposedly the strength of the defense, uh, you know, before all the injuries. Yusuf Corker, Ty Asian, Devontae Robinson. Uh, I, I would argue that Vito Tisdale had the best game of that level of defense. And, yeah, he did have a couple penalties, but he's going 100 miles an hour. At least you have that. And 
he's going to make mistakes, but he's also going to make big plays from a defense that is lacking in big plays. Jay, Kentucky has uh, 28 pass breakups on the season. That is that's that's low. That's very low, and only three <clears throat> interceptions. So, <clears throat> if you look at that, of the 291 pass attempts against this defense, only 31 were defended at the point of the catch. That's low. That's going to get you beat. And, and I do agree that that losing all that. Uh, production up front has hurt the defense. But attrition's a part of the game. I mean, you know that as well as I do, that you have to prepare the best you can for roster management based on the fact that you're going to have attrition, you're going to have injuries. But uh, I think losing uh, McCall really hurts this team. And I think Ox was coming on to be not just a just a guy holding a, heart, uh, a, a starting spot, but a playmaker up front. And then Jordan Wright, man, he, he's been productive when he's in the game, you know, last year, this year, and, and having him out with J.J. Weaver on a pitch count, you've got edge defenders that are role players, depth players that are having to play critical minutes. So all that adds up, like you said, to put a great amount of stress on that secondary. And Mississippi State and Tennessee were just two bad matchups. You know, if you, if you equate that to basketball, you know, if you're a team with three big guys, right, you got two seven-footers and a 6'10", three, and you play a team that plays with four guards and can shoot the three-pointer, you're not a good matchup. Doesn't mean you're a good team. Right. This is a bad matchup, right? So, Kentucky's had yeah. two bad matchups in back-to-back weeks. Well, I think I think Heupel's a – he's a great play caller. There's no question. Yeah. You know, um, he, he's got a really good offensive mind. And uh, they took a play out of, uh, um, you know, Mississippi State's playbook in some respects, uh, used some things that we got exploited with there. But, but then also, you know, I mean, what were they – their first uh, two touchdowns is 27 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so <laughs> on top of, on top of uh, you know, that as far as just hitting you in the mouth real quick, it, it took the fans out of the game, I assume. I mean, I wasn't there. I couldn't listen to it on, on TV. We're watching it uh, at a restaurant. Um, but, you know, I think our secondary is just reeling. Um, they're, they're not playing uh, what I would call, you know, they're not competing at the ball, to your point. Yeah. Uh, Tisdale's probably the only one. And, yeah, that was a really tough – pass interference but I'll tell you it was a bang bang play I mean he yeah. was just a hair yeah, early was. he was there and he's competing and I, I want to see that out. even I mean, I mean let's face it if, if we get beat on the outside with corners and they're making a competitive play sometimes those plays happen but yeah if you're not even attempting to make those competitive plays <clears throat> that makes it even even worse because then you're yeah. You're giving them so much space, and we all know these athletes, man. They have some space. They're yeah. going to kill us. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, you know, uh, the corners have been under fire for a while now. But listen, they the, some plays that Tennessee hit, the corners didn't have over the top help when they were expecting over the top help and underneath help. So. I mean, I mean, you got to help those guys out some, you know. I I agree, and and I, I'm not sure why we played so much man. You know, that's not our defense. 
you know, our scheme is to play good zone defense, tackle in front of us, give them some, give them some short yards plays and make, make the tackle. That's the strength of our defense on the back end, you know, and gosh, I mean, I saw that, I guess it was the second touchdown. Uh, I think uh, DeAndre Square had the slot man to man with over top help. And like, as you said, you know, I think Corker bit on the inside route. I mean, DeAndre Square cannot run with that guy. Let's just be yeah. honest. You can't ask him to. Guy just ran a wheel right. route, simple wheel route. The outside receiver ran an inside. I don't know if he ran a post or what, but but he ran something on the inside, took our over-the-top help. And, I mean, DeAndre was just left on an island with, yeah. with yeah. speed that he can't compete with. No, that's not on him. Uh, <clears throat> but he was expecting over-the-top help from Porker, uh, who bit on the dig route or, or deep in route. Yeah, and, and and with with a with a deep end route, you're expecting secondary help from your linebackers underneath. So yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's just a, you know, it's, it, <clears throat> I, I'm not seeing a lot of schematic uh, breakdowns. Jay, I'm I'm seeing a lot of one on one losses in space, and those losses come in different ways. Solo yeah. tackles. Kentucky's not been efficient in one-on-one tackling situations. We talked about competition or, or, or defending the point of catch. 28 pass breakups, lowest in the conference, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Missouri has 26, is fewer. Three, three interceptions is, is not, you know, that's low, that's extremely low. Uh, so that's another one-on-one. And then in the making decisions on, on – in leverage, uh, the screen route that scored the first play of the game. Two defenders were there and and, and took uh, the wrong leverage and did not use the sideline as a teammate. One on one tackle missed, and that's housed. So, yep, a lot of lever- a lot of things going on there, Jay. It's complicated to explain, but you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's and who wins those one-on-one matchups, right? I mean, I mean, you can scheme anything you want to, but if you're getting whipped athlete versus athlete, you're not going to win very many football games like that. Yeah, and you got a great point on the leverage. I mean, gosh, setting an edge and turning it back into the defense because, you know, you got pursuit coming inside out. Um, and, then, of course, we missed that a bunch and, and have – the last couple of weeks, um, that's a that's got to be a huge point of emphasis for them this week and going forward. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, and you know you, you can't ever blame officiating, but and I you know obviously upset about the face mask uh, both on him and I think it was a Terrell agent I think on the sideline they missed one there too. Um, yeah. But the, the big thing to me was the holding. I'm, I'm surprised Josh Paschal even had a jersey at the end of that game. Yeah. I'm not even sure they ever called holding one time, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. I would agree with that. Uh, a couple face masks missed. The obvious one on Levis. Uh, Juton McClain on the sideline is another. The Tennessee receiver had his knee down mm-hmm. when he caught the yeah. football. Uh, Josh Paschal was being held often. so. Yeah, defensively, Jay, Kentucky's got just got to get better. Uh, you know, personnel-wise, you're not going to fix that until 2022. You are who you are. You got who you got. All right. There's no, 
there's no uh, no point in and just keeping hammering that point. You are who you are. So how do you how do you fix it? Well, one, you're not facing a a red hot quarterback. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Stetson Stetson Bennett is hot right now. Will Rogers completing at 92% of his passes is hot. You know, he, he yeah. was still hot yeah. in the loss to Arkansas. <clears throat> and then Hendon Hooker is the best that the Kentucky will face, the most efficient quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. So you're he not going to face Josh, He reminded me of Josh Dobbs a little bit. Uh, yeah. He just, I mean, he just killed smooth, us. Smooth, I man. Smooth, yeah. yeah. Good player. Yeah. So you're going to face two quarterbacks this week, Ken Seals, who had success against Kentucky last year in the hurry-up offense there towards the end, brought Vanderbilt back. And, and Mike Wright, who, you know, had his best game of the season, who's, who's came in, who came in with Seals got hurt, had his best game of the season against Missouri before the bye week, rushed for 152 yards, completed 14 to 28, three touchdowns. So Vanderbilt is two and seven. Let's, let's, let's not paint them as a good football team because they're not. But Vanderbilt has dudes at receiver, and Kentucky's not been able to cover. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, yeah, uh, 99 plays, 35 first downs, 42 points, 612 yards. Uh, had the football uh, 46 minutes and 10 seconds. All that should have spelled a win, right? I mean, you play that yeah. good, you should win the football game. Uh, Will Levis pick six was the uh, was the point in the game that uh, Tennessee held serve, and, and that was a ten point swing, and never really you know couldn't bounce back from that or take advantage of it when you had a chance. So, uh, but Will Levis, man, he he battled. He he ran for forty seven, caught a fifteen yard pass, threw for over three hundred, <laughs> accounted for five touchdowns. I thought it was his best performance after his worst performance at Mississippi State. Jay, I thought he played a heck of a football game. He did, and that you know that's his type of game. You know, let him run the ball. Um, he just felt comfortable. You could tell uh, he was dialed in. Um, you know, again, what was that? His ninth start at this level. Um, yeah. So he's just he's just continuing to get better. And I thought I thought Cohen did a much better job um, of getting him some wins early, uh, getting him involved in the running game a little bit. Um, he just kind of needs that. I think. I think. For him this year, especially, it's been however he starts is how he finishes. You know, he's not been able to hit a reset button. Yeah. I thought he played fantastic. And I I loved how, uh, you know, Cummings and the tight ends have gotten involved. And I'm telling you, Cummings is going to be a star. Yeah. A kid is yeah. a matchup nightmare. Yeah, tight ends caught nine passes, Jay. <laughs> uh, seven, seven, seven pass catchers had receptions, which is – which is good. That's more than than uh, more than usual for Kentucky. But you're going to have that 99 plays. But yeah. the, the the main show is is and will always be Wondell Robinson. 13 catches, 166 yards. Uh, the kid's a fighter. I, I love the way he plays the game of football. Uh, just battled the whole time. I like I liked his game as always. I thought Chris Rodriguez ran with purpose and power. And uh, he had a he had a burst through the hole against Tennessee that we've not seen this season. I've not seen this season. I really liked how Rodriguez Jr. bounced back. 
Yeah, you know, he's a difference maker. We got to have that guy at his best and uh, seem to be a lot more focused. I don't, I'm not sure what was going on and don't need to know, but um, there's certain, you know, he, for a couple of weeks, he just wasn't, uh, he wasn't the same player he's been in the past, but he was Saturday and he played extremely well. And I thought, it, you know, he showed some patience uh, in that outside zone run uh, where, um I think uh, the previous couple of weeks when he was in there, he didn't show that patience. And man, when he's planting his foot and going, he he is a different uh, different player. Uh, but he, he had a great game. Yeah, Kentucky went over 200 yards uh, rushing. I thought that was a key to the game. Uh, I think Levis when, wasn't Levis wasn't focused only on Wandell. I mean, he right. was spreading it around. I mean, it got Ali involved, and and that, that changes things. You know, that yeah. totally changes things. I, I totally agree with you about Isaiah Cummings. I also think he's going to be a star. And uh, th- that could have been his breakout performance. And he's just a matchup nightmare. I mean, he's, he's a he's a receiver that plays tight end. He's getting better, more physical at the point of attack in the blocking online. Uh, you, can, you can spread him out. You can put him in a slot. You can put him as an H-back. I mean, his, his game is becoming more diverse. And I think he's going to be a focal point for the next few football games that Kentucky has. But, uh, Jay, you, you control the football for 46 – over 46 minutes. I thought that was going to be a key. I thought Tennessee was going to score. Uh, I mean, I really did a lot of points. Uh, I think my pregame pick was 45-40 Kentucky. And that's not saying, well, I mean, Tennessee was averaging 37 points a game going into Saturday. So, yeah. uh, and the way our pass defense played against uh, Mississippi State and Georgia, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, take away the Will Levis uh, pick six, Kentucky held Tennessee back to its average point total yeah. this season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, on that on that pick six, it was hard for me because I was watching on a small TV in this restaurant. But I mean, I guess he thought that was the corner coming and not the linebacker or defensive end. I guess is that, and he just you know, went to his hot route and underthrew it. Yeah, went to his hot route, stared him down, and, and pick six. I mean, you know. Yeah. But listen, Will Le- Will Levis had the football in his hands, or decided the outcome of the play on sixty-four <laughs> out of Kentucky's ninety-nine snaps. You're going to have a bad play, right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's totally runs and, and passes. So, uh, you wouldn't want it to result in a pick six, obviously. But, I mean, stuff, stuff like that's going to happen uh, when, when, when you have the football in your hands that much and, and, and that much of a, of a focal point of an offense like Will Levis was. Here, here's where Lil, Will Levis develops, OJ. I think he's got to string another really good performance <laughs> after the Tennessee game on Saturday against Vandy. This is where you show growth. This is where you show development as a quarterback, as a passer, is you back up a game like that and then you play uh, you play it well again this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this is a game where, you know, we can't go down there and just, you know, win, you know, by 10 points or something. We got we to gotta make another statement. Um, we're no question a better team. Even with all our injuries, we are a much, much better football team than they are. Um, and they need to go down and, and uh, put themselves back in the conversation as one of the upper echelon teams. 
um, and just take care of business from the start to finish, play well on both sides of the football, um, and just get that bad taste out of their mouths. Yeah. Is Andy with us now? I'm trying, man. I'm having uh, technical difficulties, but I'm driving, so that's probably part of it. Go ahead, Andy. Give us your take on the Tennessee game. You know, I heard a lot of what Jay said earlier about the injuries, and to me, it's we've all been to a seven-on-seven tournament with high school kids and grade school kids and watched, and the quarterback that holds the ball too long and gets a pass off and nobody stops the play and they make a completion, that's what I felt like the other night. We were getting no pressure. He had more time than any quarterback should to get the ball off, and he's putting so much pressure on the defensive backs. And, you know, to hear Brad White say he was disappointed in safety play and things like that, it's just, you know, at some point you're down as many guys up front. You can't let – you can't think those guys can sit there and hold a a route down for – four and five seconds. I mean, we all know that a quarterback can't have the ball, what, more than two or three seconds and get it off. They're standing back there just, you know, picking them apart. And it's it, it all comes back to just our depth and our injuries. And it's, it's unfortunate because we all had such high hopes for the season, you know, two weeks ago. I think we all thought we'd be sitting here at least with one more win. Um. Most of us are hoping for two more, but it is what it is. Um, I'm just kind of glad to think that Kentucky football fans are going to be disappointed with a nine and three season. It's, we've come a long way. So, yeah. It's, hey, uh, Andy, Will Levis, Will Levis played his best game, I thought. And the offense, you know, we talked about it earlier 99 plays, 612 yards. I thought the offense, you know, 42 points, that should win you the football game. Without a doubt, you know, we had um, – I, I said it last week. What, I thought we'd score 42 points. And for us to score 42 points and not win the football game, you know, it, and thinking back to, you know, the first time I saw that kid this summer scrimmage and go, wow, we're going to throw this guy in with our defense. We're going to be pretty tough. And it's just, you know, the, you know, the depth issues um, – you know, we're getting into that second-tier guy on defense who really and truly is, you know, we have great depth. I don't want us to say the strong way, but we are getting into the younger guys and you're playing in the Southeastern Conference and, you know, we're getting exposed. Will Levis has shown the development that we all thought um, he would have. And I tell you, the kid's a winner, man. He laid his body on the line. Uh, we found a few more receivers. I think uh, the Cummings kid really showed that he can be a big-time player. Um, he made some great plays, and he's uh, got some size to him. He's probably struggled when he was at receiver as being a standout athlete out on the edge, but you put him at tight end, and the guys can be a dominant tight end with his athletic ability. So I'm excited. I, I think we'll finish strong. Um, we're a better football team than Vanderbilt. We should uh, go down there and take care of business um, because I think these guys want to get the taste out of their mouth like we've all talked about. And uh, and then you've got two more winnable games. So, you know, we got to turn our heads and go the other way. We can't look back on it. And if it could have, should have, you know, that, that, that's just going to keep everybody angry. Um, you know, and I think going out 
and just taking care of business to get everybody back on track and get everybody excited for bowl season. And you start getting healthy for that time of year. I think, you know, we'll, we'll get strong as the year progresses because we'll get some guys back. But, uh, it's, it's just frustrating. You know, we've all had just high expectations and we're really excited for where we were going. And uh, it's just, we're in the spot we're in, but we can still have a, a great year. Yeah, special teams uh, played great at Mississippi State and uh, played okay, but but not uh, not as good against Tennessee. Missed a 51-yard field goal, uh, but that field goal—I mean, for those that, that's never been down on Kroger Field, uh, one direction you can kick a 51-yard field goal; the other direction is much more difficult. That's just the way the stadium's laid out, the way the wind blows and unfortunately Kentucky or Matt Ruffalo was kicking towards the the challenging uh goal post missed the field goal but uh you know I was disappointed in, in two Tennessee kickoff returns that went for over 30 yards that offense is too good to give them uh, uh field position you know that that's that good they didn't need any help offensively Tennessee uh so uh, not a Especially, great special teams game you know Especially that one, it was, I guess you'd call it like a pooch kick or whatever. I, I don't understand why we would ever do that. I mean, kick the ball in the end zone. You're kicking the ball in the end zone on every kick, and you do that. It doesn't. Yeah. That was that was a head scratcher. Yeah. Big time head scratcher. Yeah, it was. I mean, you kick it short, but you with no height. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to kick yeah. it short, you 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 put height under it and let your Coverage teams get down there, and that 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 just didn't make a lot of sense uh, to me, especially with Chance Poor kicking the football into the end zone. Uh, but I mean, I, I know, could understand that play if they scouted something and they saw that hey, they've got a an offensive guard back there playing that second tier on their kick return. Let's kick it. The chance of them booting it. I mean, that kid was an athlete in kicking. Mm, I mean, yeah. On a you know, it's like it just didn't. I don't know. I, I mean, you've kicked the ball to the end zone on every kick all year long. You know, if you're going to try something, go ahead and kick it onside, you know. I mean, yeah. don't, don't jack around with it. But, oh, well. I mean, it's there were so many plays in that game that could have gone the other way. You know, everybody's griped about referees, some of the calls we got. We, we shouldn't have been in this situation. We should have won. Like Jay said, we were better than them. We were better than Mississippi State. I mean, flat out. You know, what what happened, everybody's got their opinion, but it's just it's irritating and frustrating to watch when you know you have another football team. Yeah, and then uh, going to Vanderbilt. Uh, I'll go through Vanderbilt real quick. I mean, numbers-wise, just just not, not a good football team. Offensively scoring 15 points a game, not a lot of points. Last in the SEC in uh, passing offense, last in the SEC in total offense at 301 yards a game, four and a half yards per snap. Ken Seals, the quarterback, gets hurt. Mike Wright comes in. He's playing good football. He's like, his last game was his best against Missouri. Uh, Vanderbilt does have some dudes at, at receiver. I will say that. <laughs> and with Kentucky's pass defense, that that's not a, a, a friendly – uh, reminder, but uh, you know, Will Shepard 
Six foot three, two hundred pound receiver leads the team in receptions or, or thirteen yards a catch. Chris Pierce caught a touchdown against Kentucky last year, eleven yards a catch. And Cam Johnson, who's not had the type of year that Vanderbilt expected, is also a good receiver. So there's going to be one on ones. There's going to be vertical shots. Vanderbilt is coming off a bye week, gentlemen. I would, I would, you know. Only thing I do for a living is guess, and I'm going to guess that uh, Clark Lee, Lay, however you say the head coach's name at, at Vanderbilt, I always get it wrong. Uh, who listen? His face with a tough rebuilding project. That that's a tough job. I mean, seriously, <laughs> very tough job. And I respect him. Very good football coach, but man, he, he's uh, he's got an offense that that's not uh, that's not dynamic. That's not hitting the long shots, only four and a half yards per play. But he's had an off week, and he's seen tempo. He's seen spacing and how that's hurt Kentucky. I expect Vanderbilt to go faster than it has so far this year and throw more passes uh, because this is a game that's circled on Vanderbilt's schedule. This is a blackout for the stands, all 5,000 Vanderbilt fans that will be in the stands. Uh, so offensively, not a lot that scares you. But with this group, this specific two deep that Kentucky's traveling to Nashville, Vanderbilt's got some ways it can hurt this defense, Jay. Yeah, but I still think – I think we'll be fine. Um, we got to make them one-dimensional. You know, that that's that was our winning formula early on in the season. We're 6-0. and we, we won the line of scrimmage uh, both sides of the ball. And defensively, we just haven't been there. And I, I feel like – you know, with this game Saturday, we have to stop the run and make them one-dimensional. And uh, my hope is that we're not going to play a lot of man like we did last week. Uh, I just feel like we're a better zone team. Our players play more confidence with zone. Um, and I just think we line up and just whoop their you-know-what. I mean, I, you know, it's a statement game for our defense. They've been embarrassed two weeks in a row. Um, and I understand, you know, injuries but everybody has injuries it's just part of the game and we need our next men up but I, I think our our front seven will play with a, a lot of edge this week and uh, I just I feel like we'll be we'll be all right Andy Vanderbilt averages three and a half yards per carry only 118 <laughs> rush yards a game Jay says to, to force Vanderbilt to be one dimensional uh, I, I think that is something that's going to happen uh, you know, their leading rusher, uh, leading running back is injured. He's out. So, uh, Rocco Griffin is averaging just over three yards of carry, 37 yards a game. The only threat on the ground really is Mike Wright if he is the if he's a playing quarterback. Now, Ken Seals may be back uh, from injury, but a mobile quarterback does that concern you, Andy? You know, after the last two weeks, uh, I'd have to say everything concerns me. Um, and the, the biggest thing that really concerns me in a matchup like this is that, you know, we all go back and look at the season and every fan, every player looks at their schedule and goes, okay, this is a game that we can win. And Vanderbilt has those games on their schedule, and they always have. And Kentucky has always been a game that those kids – don't feel inferior and they feel like they can win. And, you know, if they, if they try to play football and run the ball on us, I think 
were fine. My concern really and truly is that they had an off week. You know, they could put a few things together uh, in that off week that could hurt us in the passing game. And I, I don't know how good of a passer this kid is. I haven't seen him play. But, you know, my biggest concern is they have this game scheduled in the summer as a game they can win. And, and Bandy has always circled Kentucky. And we got to get to where we are no longer circled by the Vanderbilts of the world as a game we can win. And, and we're right now, unfortunately, we're still in that spot. They, you know, they, they don't feel inferior to us. And, you know, we all know it can happen because look at what South Carolina did to Florida last week. Yeah. You know, I mean, all we talked about was how terrible South Carolina is. And they absolutely – they beat Florida worse than we did. Yeah. So – any, anything can happen in this league. And one thing that has a lot to say about it is confidence and the players' confidence. And, you know, Vanderbilt is not going to – they're not going to give us any respect whatsoever. And, you know, do I think we'll win? Absolutely. If we go down there and play how we know how to play. But if we get on the bus and we go down there feeling sorry for ourselves, we'll get beat. And that's just the way it is. It's happened numerous times. You know, we were on teams that got beat by Vanderbilt for the very same reason. Yeah, it's just a – you got to – if this team can tear the rearview mirror off of their lives season and move forward and think about the next game and play as hard as they can, we'll dominate Vandy. But my concern is, are we there yet? Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope so. I hope so. Let's talk <clears throat> about the Vanderbilt defense. Um Giving up 36 points a game, so their uh, their point margin per game average is a minus 21. Uh, 184 yards on the ground, which is 12th in the league. Certainly something that Kentucky could take advantage of. Pass defense, 279 yards a game. That's last in the conference, uh, and only sacked the quarterback seven times. 463 total yards, second to last in the league. Disruptive defensive lineman, I will say that. Vanderbilt's defense, it's a 4-2-5 scheme with an emphasis on turnovers and creating havoc. Vanderbilt is not very good statistically across the board. The only number, guys, that Vanderbilt is good defensively is it's second in the SEC after creating or forcing 13 turnovers two fumble recoveries, 11 interceptions. That's a lot. That's second in the conference. So uh, you match that up with Kentucky, who's 129 out of 130 in turnover margin. That's a concern. Vanderbilt forces turnovers. Kentucky turns the football over. Ball security is going to be a big, uh, uh, going to be a big priority for Kentucky. But Vanderbilt gives up a lot of explosives. 142 plays. They've given up of 10 yards or more. That's a lot. So I do think Kentucky needs to have consistency offensively, which means that Tennessee's performance needs to carry over to Vanderbilt. Now, 612 yards, 99 plays, 35 first downs, that's nearly impossible to ask for a repeat performance. But, Jay, I do think Kentucky's going to have to score 35 points or more to win this football game. And I know that's crazy. But that's what I think uh, because you are who you are. We've seen on tape, you, you know, you are who you put on tape. And 
until I can see Kentucky slow down a pass offense with this specific two deep, Kentucky was going to have to score a lot of points to win the game. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, you know, obviously we, we got to run the ball. Um, and I think last week Cohen just called a great game. Um, and the way they distributed to different receivers, Levis, um, I feel like if we come out and just hit a repeat on last week uh, and attempt to call and play the game like last week, I think we're going to be fine. I think we will score that or maybe more. Um, but, you know, we have not been able to string, you know, except for maybe look at Florida and LSU, you know, two really good games together in a row. Uh, and offensively last week was a really good performance. Uh, you take that pick six away, and man, it's it's, it's tough to have anything better than that. So, um, I'm I'm hopeful that they come out and just have another uh, solid performance like they did last week. And you know, I, I think the defense will bounce back pretty good. Well, every week, you know, I have concerns, and this week I had there's some red flags that are waving pretty hard to me, and I'm gonna run them by you guys, and, and you. You evaluate them. Why I think this is a – this game could potentially set up for a lackluster performance by Kentucky. One, it's a bus ride. That may be a small detail, and it sounds like <clears throat> it, but bus travel road on the road is just different. It is different. It gets a different – it's a different feel to it. It's different. Two, it's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 30s at kickoff. Three, that stadium is old and it's going to be empty. The only fans there are going to be Kentucky fans. So, Kentucky's a 20-plus point favorite against a bad football team. The defense has no confidence. Vanderbilt's coming off a bye week. All these are sending – you know, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to lose. Please don't let that start. But I'm saying there, there are some red flags out there waving that I mean, the, the cats need to get off the bus ready to play this football game. And there's a lot of things that I think, you know, point towards a not uh, not so great performance. Andy, does any of that resonate with you? Absolutely. I think it's um, – I think it's you, – you laid it out perfectly. <clears throat> you know, that stadium is not – it's not like going to Athens. It's not like going to Baton Rouge. It's, uh, you know – the environment, um, hope, what I hope for is that uh, Big Blue Nation got on this early and there's going to be 30,000 Kentucky fans there because they, it, had we won one or two of these games, they, they would have been. I mean, without a doubt. But I still think a lot of people plan on going to this game because it's Nashville and BBN likes to have a good time. So I, I think there'll be a huge showing of, of fans but all the things you mentioned, I mean, it, it, the time of year it falls, it's always one of those first terrible weather games. Um, you know, and it probably had a lot to do with, you know, a lot of the teams we played on that didn't play well against Fandy. Uh, it was usually a cold, dreary day. Uh, if it was on the road or if it was at home, it was a noon game, so it was a poor turnout. It's all those things you mentioned. And, that, and this team needs to show the maturity of, you know what, we get paid 12 days a year. This is payday, and we get to play football. 
uh, not we have to play football, we get to play football. And they take that attitude in there and go take care of business. And this team needs to do that. Um, it needs to do it for themselves. It needs to do it for the staff. It needs to do it for the fans. And to, to go in there and put up a lackluster performance would be a huge disappointment. And the other thing about that, with uh, you know, I think this Levis kid really became a Kentucky Wildcat this past weekend. You know, we all had that moment in our careers where it clicked and you were all in. And I think that kid, it clicked with him last week because he laid it on the line. And there wasn't anybody hurting more than that guy. And for a kid that hadn't been on campus a year, um, you know, we, we all forget that still. He has not been on campus for a year. And that kid played as hard a game as I've seen anybody play in that stadium in a long time. So hopefully he brings that energy and he, and he brings the team along with him. He plays a good game. He plays a good game. We take care of business, no problem. We slop around on offense. It's going to be a, it's going to be a it's going to be a day that we're not going to enjoy quite as much. Jay, I think Kentucky's going to have to bring their own environment, bring their own tempo. I, the first quarter to me is going to be so important on offense to, to create some points, create some excitement, and then defensively to 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 make a play, whether it be an interception, a strip sack a forced fumble, anything to, to give this defense some confidence early on because the longer that Kentucky lets Vanderbilt hang, hang around, the more scary this game's going to be towards the end. And Jay also talked to the point of, of, of a bus trip. I know, I'm, again, and people's going to hear this and be like, that's, you know, a bunch of spoiled brats, you know. But it is different, right? Uh, it is totally different. And it's everything you laid out. And I'll throw in one more thing that I don't like about this game is that it's a night game. You know, you got to sit around the hotel all day long after a bus ride, you know, playing a game that, you know, the, the outside of our fan base is really not that interested in. Um, you know, we've played a lot of big games this year and we've had a lot of attention nationally. And this will be really the first week. I mean, we're not ranked anymore. Uh, defensively, we just had two really poor showings. Um, from a team perspective, you know, the morale's got to be down. I mean, you take three losses in a row, that's a big deal. You're on the road. You're on a bus trip down there. Um, it's a crappy drive to begin with. Um, and then you're playing a night, and you're sitting in the hotel all day long. And, again, that does sound kind of silly, but I hated night games. I mean, I wanted to get out there and go as soon as I possibly could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything you laid out is, is true. And then, you know, this team, Vandy, uh, like Andy said, man, or you said, you know, the longer they can hang around, the more confidence they get. You know, it, it, it only takes one or two big plays to just completely flip the momentum of a game. And if we don't start fast, like you said, and we let them hang around and, you know, we're a little sluggish coming out and we overlook them or we don't even really just think much about them. And we just think we're going to roll our helmets out there. <clears throat> and we got, we got to remember this, the SEC. And you hope yeah. that the senior led, you know, the senior led team is going to be able to get over that and get the team focused. And hopefully the coaching staff has done a great job uh, this week of getting them prepared and ready. And, and they understand what's in front of them, uh, what they're still playing for, which is a lot. Um, I mean, nine and three is a pretty good 
in this league. And, and uh, yeah, it could have been better, but, but we can't just sleep, sleepwalk these last three games and think we're going to be nine and three. Very true. Nick Krause, have you rejoined us? I, I, I've made it back. I had to do the uh, fake sleep on the floor and kind of army crawl out. So happy veterans day to everybody out there. I did. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Um, wouldn't. Yeah. Man, uh, I'm I'm a little upset. I'm late to the party, but I'm I am with y'all in that that play that that just setting everything about that setting couldn't be more sleepy. I just hope that the anger that is festering with this team outweighs those that sleepiness that you get at Vanderbilt Stadium. That the defense just getting their teeth kicked in week after week, that that's enough to, to motivate the cats to, to come out ready to play um, because the offense is what great. If you continue moving forward uh, in the same trajectory, they should be able to put up a lot of points in the defense, go do something that go, go do something to make you feel good. Cause that's, that's really what they've been missing the last few weeks. They played some really good quarterbacks that Vanderbilt doesn't have some sort of quarterback that's going to light them up all over the field. They can be a, frustrating but they aren't playing that kind of caliber of quarterback take advantage of that get an interception create a turnover do something to feel good because this this defense really needs it with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, guys, we're, we're at that point in the podcast. Who do you got? So we're going to start in the SEC. Where else is there? It just means more. Besides for Vanderbilt football, Mississippi State got beat last week at Arkansas, traveling to Auburn. This Auburn team is 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 surfacing. I like what's going on in the Plains. Auburn is a six point favorite. Nick Roush, who you got? Hmm, this is tough because Auburn's kind of reeling from that loss. Um, but Mike Leach has spent so much time ragging on his kicker that I don't think there's uh, – morale is probably pretty low in Starkville right now. So, I, I'll take that Auburn defense. That Auburn defense is pretty darn good. I, I'll take them over the Pirates. Andy. I'm, I'm going Auburn. I just I, – I'm not sold on Mike Leach and his team. I know they – made fools out of us a couple of weeks ago. I just don't think they're that good. They really – I think Auburn I, – I like the guy at Auburn. I think he's doing a good job. Um, and they're they're ready for a home game. I think they put it on cover. Jay. Sure. Jay. Yeah, I, I'm Auburn as well. I love that coach. I think he's got some, some stuff going on there. And I think he's getting buy-in in the locker room. And and uh, they're, they're, they're making strides. I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, on Auburn. Auburn's two different teams, home Auburn and road Auburn. I, I'm taking Auburn all day here at my, minus six. I don't like how Mike Leach threw his kickers under the bus. I mean, there's a time and place for everything. And, you know, at some point in time, you need to have your players back. And I just didn't think that was 
that was uh, what he did. So the Georgia Bulldogs are 21-and-a-half-point favorite at Tennessee. <clears throat> I think this game could get a little dicey for the Bulldogs. Jay, who you got? It's hard not to not to go Georgia. I, I mean, I know what we just saw, um, but I remember what I've seen out of that Georgia defense, and and I I believe in them. I, I think I think uh, their offense is good too. Obviously, um, I think they cover. I'm going Georgia. Andy, what what did you say the line was? Twenty one and a half in Knoxville. That's yeah. I, I say Tennessee. Uh, I say Tennessee keeps it within a couple touchdowns. They, they. I tell you, I mean, as bad as we played, that was a pretty impressive performance. You know, tonight he's got some playmakers, and the quarterback throws the ball a lot better than I ever thought he could. I mean, I, I don't care what you're playing against. He threw some really nice balls, um, and in Knoxville, that place is going to be insane. So. I think they keep it. I think they keep it a ball game. I think they lose. I think they cover. Nick, that hook is going to be killer. Uh, I was cheering for Georgia to cover a big spread last week, and they couldn't fall on a block punt in the end zone. The dude jumped on it and then let it squirt away, and it ended up being a safety instead of a touchdown, and it cost me. Something dumb like that's going to happen again. Tennessee's going to lose by twenty-one points. Hook. I'm. Hook me down. I'm taking, ten, I'm taking Tennessee here. Uh, I, I am. I, I, they impressed me. And I think this right. is George. I think this is Georgia's scariest game. Uh, I think Georgia's can, due. Can score points. Georgia's due for a stinker, too. Everybody's stinker yeah. yet. They're, they're due. Yeah. On the, the road. The, it really yeah. is going to be a fun match. Like, Tennessee can't block anybody. Kentucky have five sacks and only 20 pass attempts. But Georgia fans would tell you that their secondary is their weak link, and they're going to be put out on islands. So I, that, yeah. that should be a fun one. Should be a fun one. Yeah, that's one I want to watch. South Carolina uh, beat up on the Gators. Man. Is that Missouri? The Tigers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Nick Ross, who you got? South Carolina is riding so high right now. They're going to fall so far down so fast. I mean, it's going to it's going to hurt when they they finally hit the ground coming off air. I loved how much trash they talked. I love all the Josh Van. Like Josh Van is still wide open. Loved it, but man, they are going to fall hard flat on their faces at Missouri. So the the real Como is is going to come out on top. Andy, who you got? Jay, who you got? I like Carolina. I think I'm oh, okay. All right, Andy likes Carolina. Jay, I'm going. I'm going Carolina as well. Oh, Arkansas, two and a half point favorite at LSU. The Tigers played Alabama to a uh, hail mary, uh, close to winning the football game. Last play of the game, uh, Ed Orgeron is is, is double down saying his that LSU was the better team but just didn't win. Uh, Arkansas is bowl eligible and rolling into Tiger Stadium. Who you got, Nick Roush? I think I have to take – I think this game is going to mean more for Sam Pittman and co. Woo pig. Woo pig suey. Jay. Same. I'm riding with my guy, Sam Pittman. 
Andy. LSU, it's the Ed Ogeron goodbye brigade the next couple of weeks. So the kids will start playing for him. Send him on his way. <laughs> all right. The, here, here, the, the game that we're all talking about, Kentucky. Nick, it was a 22-point favorite. What's the spread right now? Is it still 22? I don't know. I saw it at 19 earlier. But, yeah, that, that sounds right. It just keeps going up. So, Kentucky is a 22-point favorite at Vanderbilt. That's a lot of points mm-hmm. uh, for a defense that's – you know, I don't, I don't think the term struggling is, is accurate enough. Uh, Vanderbilt's averaging 15 points a game, uh, not facing one of those red-hot quarterbacks but uh, has some receivers uh, that, that can hurt you. And for, it's forcing turnovers on defense. Uh, both of those things have hurt Kentucky in 2021. Nick Roush, I'll start with you. How do you see this game playing out and who you got? There's part of me that thinks that it will be a slow start, but – I do think that Levis and the offense are playing so well right now that they'll have 27 points at halftime. Stoops' teams aren't great covering big numbers, but I I think they'll be close to it and win by 21 points. Let's call it a 35-14. Kentucky gives up a couple couple silly scores, um, but all in all, controls the game, wins down at Vanderbilt. Jay, who you got there, and how you see this game playing out? Yeah, I think defense rights the ship. I think they play a lot better, holding to 10 or 14 points. I think uh, offense has a similar output. I, I think we cover. Um, I just feel like the seniors are going to step in and lead this team the right way. And and uh, I, I would say that our coaching staff is not that they don't try hard each week, but had a, had a coach with a lot of purpose this week. And uh, I think we come in and we cover. Andy. I'm going to use reverse psychology and say, Bandy, just so we win. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't picked picked right in the last three weeks. No, I think think this will be the red shirt game of the year. A bunch of our young players get to play for the first time. And we get some young guys making big plays, get everybody excited about the future and Levis. Has a big day. I think Levis. Um, this will be the most comfortable defense he's played against in a long time, in the last month anyway. And I think he will. Uh, he will have a good day. And, and I think we'll see some young kids get in the game and uh, make some plays. Uh, defensive backs, especially in uh, receiver and running back. Hopefully, I'll make my pick on the pregame show. I'm just telling you, I think Kentucky has to have. A very good first quarter on offense and defense. Uh, anything that happens that, that puts adversity on this team, especially on defense, you got to have some confidence. Got to have a few wins on in one-on-ones defensively to gain some confidence, get get some confidence back, because I think this defense does not have a lot of confidence right now. And, uh, you know, understandably. So I think the first quarter is huge. I do think Vandy scores more than 20 points. Uh, so, I'll, I'll make my pick. But let's get to the the actual big game, the Kroger KSR game of the week. Nick Roush, the Pulaski County Maroons are traveling across town to take on Southwestern. 
Southwestern won the regular season matchup 42-14. to Pulaski County leads 5A in passing. Southwestern leads 5A in running the football. Who you got? Southwestern lost a tough one in the playoffs last year. It was a sloppy, muddy mess. I think they're they're on a mission to, to get to Kroger Field. I'm taking Southwestern. It's supposed to rain today, so the field could be sloppy and muddy tomorrow, oh, which would the, be an advantage for Southwestern. Yeah, the, the footage of that game, too, like these dudes were just covered in mud from head to toe. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Jay, who you got? I'm going Pulaski, man. They're on the road. I love Ooh. road dogs. Wow. Andy. Who, who got uh, those schools? Who got most of the Somerset kids did, when they did the expansion? Because I like the Somerset kids. What? Isn't uh, that Somerset? Yeah, I'm not for sure. Schools, the newer school. I'm going to take the older of the two. So is that Southwestern? Yeah, Pulaski's older. So yeah, I'm taking Pulaski. You're taking PC, the Maroons. Okay. All day, all day. I will say, though, I'm partial to the Briar Jumpers. No offense to Southwestern and PC. Just great field. Purple and yellow. Love it. Love the colors. Love the stadium. Love everything about it. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for being on the podcast today. Uh, I hope that we've uh, discussed some things that, that you have questions about. We'll, we'll, we'll re- regroup next week. And, uh, Nick, thanks for hosting. I know you had a uh, – Daddy duties today, but that's the most important thing you'll do all day, and we completely understand. It was just a little juggling, but uh, happy to be here. Happy to talk a little bit of ball. Sorry I missed out hey, more, uh, but I'm sure you all did it. Just fine job getting folks ready for UK Vanderbilt. Hats off to Mr. Maggard here on Veterans Day, Freddie. We appreciate yeah, your buddy. service, brother. <clears throat> well, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, I appreciate man. that. Happy thanks, Veterans thanks Day. To all the, thanks to all the veterans out there. Uh, we hope that your day is wonderful. And you take advantage of some some discounts and some opportunities out there. I know I'm going to. And uh, thank you, veterans. God bless America. Go Kroger and go Cats. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.